Hello everyone and welcome back to the Up The Guts podcast. As always, I'm Tricky and back again, finally. JP, where were you last week, mate? Uh, just a bit busy, mate. Had some stuff to do. Oh, we missed you last week, mate. We missed you. <laughs> um, so, Cricket Talk. Obviously, Aussies. Yeah, mate. Got through the group stage. Uh, about time. Yeah, well, first off, we had, um, since we last had our podcast, we had Australia and Bangladesh. And um, again, won the toss and what did we do? We like to bowl again. Yeah, well, very good thing again, mate. We chased them down. We always love chasing down, so it's a lot better. Yes, and Stark went bang just in third ball of the game in the Smith opener. Leeton Duck Dust, I'm going to say his name is, for a golden <laughs> duck. And Hazelwood did the same thing in the very next over to Smithing Suma Saka for five. And both Hazelwood did their both Hazelwood and Stark did their thing, finishing with figures of two for twenty. Stark two for twenty one after his four, and Hazelwood two for eight after two. Well, mate, we both know the pick of the bowlers, though. My boy. Adam Zampa, with that weird-ass haircut. <laughs> did, you, did you get that message, that drunk message I sent you Thursday night? No, I didn't probably look at it, mate. Because <laughs> I, I know you, you're drunk. I messaged you. I said, I love Zampa. Oh, oh me, yes, I do remember that. Five, I, I was remember. like, I love yes, Zampa. Yes, yes, yes. I was looking to go. Yeah, and, well, when you said that, I was like, look, I better check the scores and... Funny enough, he uh, had, five, had five, and I was like, well, looks like we're going to roll him here. Yeah. So, obviously, he finished with five for 19 off his four overs, and the other wicket went to Glenn Maxwell. And Australia just dominated, really, with the ball and in the field, dismissing Bangladesh for 73 after 15 overs. And then it was our turn to bat. Well, mate, there was a message at the end of the break. Um, Finchie came out and basically said to the group, we're either going to go for it or not go for it as quick as possible. And what did he do? He was not mucking around. That's what he was doing. Mate, he came out and went fucking bang. Yeah. Very big. Yeah. He set the tone, really. With He had a 58 opening run partnership with Warner, and he made 40 of it from just 20 balls. Well, that's what we need to do, you know. As a captain, you need to stand up sometimes, and like it's about time they yes or did. Um, you know, he's... He did it against England when we were struggling. He, I think he made 50, 50 or 48, one or two. Um, you know, now, again, he's made another 40. Hopefully, in the semi, he can make a big score for us and we can defeat Pakistan. And um, we'll probably talk about it a bit more later, but this game in particular, I don't think... Um, Warner still wasn't convincing. Only 18 from 14 was still a bit scratch, scratchy still. But Marsh came in and... Um, Finished it off and finally showed this clean hitting that everyone was talking about coming up into the tournament. Maybe 16 not out from five balls and the Aussies chased down the total very easily after only 6.2 overs. Well, mate, just an easy, convincing win after two... Well, we'll say one bad tour in Bangladesh, but another bad tour in the West Indies, you know? You know, he was the standout player there, Mitch Marsh, and he finally brought it back. Yeah, he definitely did. All right, now on to some Sheffield Shield talk. Anyway, so um, Victoria, New South Wales, obviously we play each other again. And um, we don't like each other, these two states. I've said this last week. And um, New South Wales won the toss. And I know I said this a lot, people do this in T20, but it's not often you see it in Tests or Sheffield Shields. New South Wales actually won the toss and elected a bowl. Very weird. Yeah. Especially in a day four, uh, four day um, cricket match, you know. Why would we bowl first? Why not bat? 
I think Shane Warne, I've heard Shane Warne say, and obviously everyone knows Shane Warne, king of spin, legendary leg spin bowler for Australia. He says, in a test match, win the toss, you're always back. That's coming from a bowler. Does that not say something? Mate, even in two-day cricket, in local cricket right here, win the toss and you're back. Yeah. I mean, some people, some people like the chase, but I don't get why you'd want to chase in a Sheffield Shield. Maybe in a T20 or a one-day, I can maybe understand it. They... They like they might have the people that like to chase and but personally when I when well when we play it I reckon runs on the board is twenty runs plus more important. Well, mate, let's just take it back to your grand final. I've played in two, so I know what it's like. Yeah. How much pressure was it trying to score the runs then oh. make them? Well, mate, yeah, just runs on the board is so especially in a grand final. You find not there's not. I found it local cricket in grand finals, they're not very high scoring. Uh, well, there's a lot more wickets and there's there's usually probably one person that stands up like with the bat, but there's not there's not normally someone that goes out and be like, oh, they've made after like say they've batted say like last year it was forty overs. You don't see someone a team in the grand final, they've made three hundred. Yeah, no. And that's you're, more, true. you're more seeing your one thirties or something like that. See, mate, back in when I played D grade <laughs> back then, <laughs> um, well, we were playing two, obviously two day cricket, and we ended up making one nine eight something like that. Yep. Nana Goon was three down and only needed twenty odd runs to get. We ended up take winning the grand final. That's just how crucial runs are on the board. Yeah, it shows that their pressure um, is in it. Mate, it, all it takes is one wicket and it turns the whole game around. Speaking of pressure, did do you listen to the Great Cricket Podcast or not? No. Anyways. <laughs> Funny story, a bit off topic, but anyways, um, they had an interview with Marcus Doinus. Yeah. And um, they were talking about um, when Marcus Doinus went out. Was it the first game when he hit those winning runs and he sent Matthew Wade back? I think it was the first game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I've I've heard He's batting with Wade and he just just goes, Matty Wade is the best person to bat with. Like, you'll be running between the wickets and you'll be coming back for us. You'll be coming through for the single. And he'll be yelling in your ear, I'm coming back for two, big fella. Coming back for two, big fella. <laughs> and then they, they go, he's um, they're moving the field around in the play. Matty Wade turns to you and goes, they're nervous. We're calm. We're calm. <laughs> he's just an interesting character, that one, bloke. Oh, well, mate. It's his character. You know, it's good for him. You know, he brings a life to the party. Yeah. Anyways, um, Victoria made nine declared for 313. Marcus Harris didn't really... Um, do much as he's pushed for a test recall of the opener, failed after only being dismissed for just one. What, what are your thoughts on Marcus Harris's? Are we, do you reckon we'll pick him? Well, he keep, we keep seeing this, you know, he's changed his technique, he's changed his technique, you know, he's scoring runs. Is he really scoring runs on good wickets or is he scoring runs on flat track wickets? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, you know, I, I literally seen a video of how he went out on one of the dismissals, you know. As I said in the... Big riding, Broadby licking his lips for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he's got to change something. He's got to stop probably walking across the crease. Yeah, I've seen that a lot Loves with his him. Leg side. You know, yes, that's fair enough. Why not just bat on middle and off? Yeah, you know, there's your leg side shot straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. But anyways, yeah. So um, opener, I haven't really known much of him, but just looking um, after interviews with him, he's. Um, came through the hard way. James Seymour was a great cricketer over last year, a couple of years ago. And um, 
He made a solid innings for his maiden first um, class century. He made 105, which included 19 fours. Did you watch any of the highlights of this innings? No, mate, but I've heard of him. Um, he played for, I think it was, he played for Essendon. Yep. Um, for his grade cricket. Um, scored a lot of runs for him. You know, it's about time that he's actually gotten gotten the go that he needs. You know, he's been everywhere, literally everywhere this bloke has. Uh, other other states trying to get some cricket, you know, comes here, finally gets a shot, I'm pretty sure, last year. He got one game for Victoria. Yep. He made a 30-odd, maybe. That, that might have been enough for him to stay in the Victorian squad and, you know, look what he's done there. He's just made his first ton. Yeah, and obviously um, the man in form, Nick Madison, just continues to do oh. it as he pushes for a test for his a test recall after five years since he'd been in the test side. He posted another century of 128 from 206 balls, which included 14 fours and a six. He's got to be in the conversation. I, I'm laying it down now. Pick him now. I don't care what anyone says. Pick him now. Yeah, I reckon pick him now. You know, he can, he's, like, he's sort of like a Travis Head. He can still bowl those those gentle leggies. Yeah. You know, whereas Travis Head obviously bowls the offies, you know, but either so, like he's still another bowler that can still bowl. Yeah, um, you know, he's done some handiwork in the big bash. Exactly, he's in very good form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I reckon he needs to be picked. You know, they literally said to him, "You know, he's go back and make some runs." Exactly what he's done. He's done that. He's done that for I reckon two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since he switched to Victoria, he's made the runs. Yeah. Um, you know, I reckon it's time to finally just give him a shot again. Yeah, definitely. And the leading wicket taker for New South Wales was um, Liam Hatcher with um, four for 86. Tess Spinner, Nathan Lyon also picked up three for 63. And Sean Abbott continues to push his cage with his two for 83. The New South Wales came out and again, just poor. They've done this in the last game and just their batting is just not there, really. They're, they made 140, balled all out. Daniel Hughes was the only shining light with 59. And Victoria shared the wickets around with Bowen, who should also be looked at even at a... Uh, I don't know, like, he just doesn't get enough recognition, I don't think. He's just Mr. Consistent. He took three. Um, Patterson and Sutherland took two each, and Perry and Parker both took one each as well. Sutherland's going to be a very good cricketer. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you reckon on that, yeah? Do you reckon he's going to be a very good cricketer? Yeah, I, I like what he does. Obviously, if you remember, he had the choice between footy and cricket. Because he, yeah. he was going to go to the draft. And Something like uh, Alex Carey. Yeah, he was going to go to the draft. And then it came to that time where it was the choice of decision. And he obviously chose cricket. And I hope it works out for him. I hope he gets that baggy green one time, hopefully sometime soon. And I'm really liking what he's doing. He's shown a good lower order batsman too. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, come to the Vic's second innings. We declared on 248 with five wickets down. Mm-hmm. Harris fails again. With a zero. Oh. You're not liking him right now, Trick, are you? No, I'm really not because I remember when you first got picked in the test team, I was like, yes, finally. I think everyone was like I that. I was like, yo, finally, mate. something new. Give us something. And He did. He, he, oh, I wouldn't say he did. He gave, uh, us, well, he, gave he, us, he gave us a couple of 50s, which is not bad yeah. for your debut series. Against, yeah, against India. I know, I know. But 50s are like... Really, you know. Well, it was. You, you got to give me more. Like you're coming, you're coming from the Sheffield Shield. You're making what double centuries. Yeah. And you're coming in and making fifties, or even Australia to make fifties sometimes. Think someone saying his test average is 
below 25 or something. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, just too poor in my decision. And, like, he's got so much talent. He really does. It's, oh, it just annoys me. Uh, well, moving on. What about, uh, <laughs> what about skipper Peter Hanscom and Matty Short both making 90 in the middle order? Do you reckon Hanscom can make a comeback to the test squad soon? No. You know, I reckon uh, he's played. He's played spin. They're talking about you know over in the Asian continent. Yeah, he could be a very good player over there. So you don't reckon he'll be good? Oh, I mean, he's probably in the question, but I don't see him. You know, I'm more looking at Madison Pekoski when he's fit. Here's a good question. All right, seems that Harris ain't in the question for you right now. Yep. Pekoski is injured. Yeah. Basically. Or concussed. Who's opening? There's well, Kawaja there, it's but be, it's gonna have to be Harris or Kawaja, isn't it? Like we have that's the thing, they say we've got all this depth, but now it's come down to the point we've got no other openers because we've stuck with them same ones all the time. But the thing is you can't we can't do what we did to Burns. Yeah, I know. We picked Burns on a very bad average. He come in, barely did anything. Yep. If we do the same with Harris, what's going to happen? Yeah, you know, all of a sudden we're two 0 down in the series, mm. possibly. I know it's only one batsman. Yeah. But one batsman is all it takes. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so you uh, obviously uh, Harris fouls again. Hanscom and Matt Shaw both make ninety. Jack Edwards was the leading wicket taker of New South Wales. He took three for forty-seven. And New South Wales, they looked like to bat to just uh, bat to survive. Well, Daniel Hughes was at least. He'd made, they got bowled out for 247. Hughes made 89 not out from 319 balls. And Scott Boland took 556 as Vic won by 174 runs. Did now, they? on this, on this game, <laughs> did you see the James Patterson incident? I was just about to ask you that. <laughs> He's getting fined 100% of his match fees. Stiff. 100%. And apparently I heard they had a big, big discussion, those two, during the... Over the lunch or the tea break, whatever it happens. Yeah. Bit of a, you know, bit of a heated discussion, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. He's, he's known to get, known to be a very fiery person, Paddo. Well, man, that's just his character. He loves the game too much. Yeah. That's the other problem. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, last Saturday, Australia played West Indies, won the toss. What did we do? We bowled again. And this is probably, would be most likely the last time we see two t- T20 greats from the West Indies, Chris Gale and Dwayne Bravo. Well, definitely Dwayne Bravo. Yep. Chris Gale, we never know. Mate, he's like 80. Have a look at him. Yeah, well, he did say it's he funny, wants... funny, I was watching the game and I go, Chris Gale's probably looking, um, they say, oh, you never know of him. But Chris Gale looks about 60. Dwayne Bravo looks young. Never know, mate. Well, <laughs> he, uh, Gale wants one more game in Jamaica, his hometown. Yeah. So hopefully he can get it and he's done. Uh, well, sadly he didn't really deliver with the bat. Cummins picked him up um, for the first wicket um, for fifteen. Well, he did send Stark for t- some pretty big sixes already. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, well, like, it would have been nice for him to make like a fifty, wouldn't? Oh, uh, would have been, but mate, it, we can't. Yeah. Australia need the win, so yeah, I'm lucky to win. I know what you mean. And um, just what, what a what a career and what a gun he's been in, in all format, T20 especially, but he's got even a triple century to his name in a test match. Just yeah, well, I think his test career is a little bit underrated sometimes because they're overlooking for his T20 career. Would you agree on that? Or Well, I think, no, nah, I think it was um, he walked out on test. Yep. 
Um, he didn't want to play test anymore. You know, most of those Western years didn't. They don't get play. offered enough money. Yeah. they'd rather go play at like at IPL. Exactly. That's where, the money's That's where the money's at. That's all they wanted. You know. Um, so Gal walked away from the test squad. You know, same as Dwayne Bravo, Kieran Pollard, you know, all those main blokes. Yeah, and then um, the Aussies looked like to control the pretty much the rest of the majority of the innings. Then, but then came in experience who you just mentioned, Kieran Pollard. <laughs> Pollard settled, um, I said settle the ship, <laughs> but I meant to say settle the ship. Anyway, settled the ship through the middle order, making a well-needed 44 from 31. And my man, Andre Russ, Andre Russ came coming in with some firepower at the end, finishing with an 18 not out from seven balls. And West Indies actually, from where they were, a pretty convincing score of seven for 157 after 20 overs. And Josh Hazel pick of the bowlers very easily with four for 39. Well, mate, tough to, tough total. You know that that's generally what a T Twenty score is right there. You know, one fifty. You know, that, that's about on average. Yeah. Um, expect well, over there. You know, it's a bit harder over there. You know, I've seen low scores of what eighty. What did we get rolled out for? Uh, against England. Yeah. Uh, would have been about one one twenty. Yeah, wasn't very much. No, yeah, that right see, now. like even that like, one twenty, like, that's thirty runs more, and you know we could have had a decent fight on our hands possibly. Yeah. Anyway, so David Warner comes out, and this time he was the attacker, not Finch. With and he lost, but he lost Finch early for nine in the fourth over. But David Warner was already doing some damage. The score was already one for thirty three, and in came the powerful clean hitting Mitch Marsh. From here onwards, Marsh and Warner just controlled the innings. Did not look like they were going to mess up at all. And Warner was back to his free-hitting self that we've all come to know and come to love. See, everyone's saying that. You don't agree? No. Oh, JP, here we go, here we go. I, what have you got this no, time? What have we got no, this time? He's not in form. You, you didn't rate that innings? Oh, no, I did. It was better, it was, he was back to that. It that was innings. better than 69. It was better than his scratchy 69. Yeah. But he's still not back in form. Okay, I can, res- I can respect that. I-, I can definitely respect that. Um, but yeah, then what? Warner and Marsh put on 124 for their um, the wicket partnership. And Gale, they threw the ball to Chris Gale. And what an over it was. I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard him and Warner get along pretty well. And um, Did you watch the game? Oh, the little cheeky yeah, little through con- the pocket. They were constantly chatting to each other, and um, I think Warner appealed for a wide, but he followed it. He went for a switch hit, and then turned back around, and then appealed for a wide, and he was going, oh, where's the wide? And Chris Gallagher stands at the top of his mind and goes, do you not know the rules? Do you not know the rules? You've been playing long enough. Do you not know the rules, mate? But yeah, then Gale ended up dismissing Mitch Marsh for 53 from 32, Oh, did he celebrate? Oh. Ran straight over to Marsh and just jumped on his back. Well, mate, a laugh. when you've played that many T20 games and everyone looks up to you, even probably Mitch Marsh looked up to Chris Gale. Yeah. You know, I'm sure enough you can have a bit of fun. He's not the type of bloke to take it too serious. Yeah. He's more fun type. Yeah, definitely. And um, so he, and also, obviously, it was Bravo's last game. You could hear the champion... Champion playing back, and you could see Chris Gale on the boundary having a laugh, having a dance, and they were switching to him and Bravo. It was just really good to watch. But Aussies chased it down pretty comfortably, really. Two for one sixty-one after sixteen point four overs, and 
we sit second and now qualify for the semi-final. So that's something to look out about. Now, controversial topic. Did you hear Ian Healy during the week? No. <laughs> what did he say, mate? Oh, listen to this one. He was on SEN um, Tassie with, um, the, what's it, the Jack and Payne show, Jack Rebold and Tim Payne. Yeah, gotcha. He said the Aussies will win the World Cup. Big call, but we are going up against Pakistan. Yeah. No, they're in good touch, but you got to look at who they versed. Yeah. Did they really verse some very strong teams? No, but we're not going to beat England. It's my bottom point. We are not going to beat England. Well, we never know. England could have one good game. They lost to... Who'd they lose to? Um, Bangladesh? They lost to someone. <laughs> no, they lost to... Ba- yeah. Oh, no, South Africa. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. South sorry. Africa. We beat South Africa. Yeah. T20 is a funny game. Oh, yeah. That T20 games are the worst games to probably play. You don't know what's going to happen. You could go out and make 200. You could go out and make 50. Yeah, it's, it's just a bit of an... Inch, yeah, I don't know. It'll like, be a tough one. I'll give you that. I, I, England's, I'm still saying England's going to win it. And I'm hoping we get up. but mate, oh, even, I, think, I think everyone's hoping we get up. But even if we only make it to the grand final... What's that? If you, Aussies get up beers on JP? No, no, no. Because you're the one that's on England. <laughs> no, no, no. Because if... Aussies get up beers on you, sunshine. Good deal. All right, you're on. Aussie, right. Wait, if Aussies lose, though, I'm not giving a shit. <laughs> anyway, so that will end that segment. Now we're going to start something new. And um, we're actually going to open the lines. So we have a caller coming on. So stay tuned for that. First time caller, long time listener. Just want to say happy to see JP back on the show after his one week suspension for leaving out Hurley and Redmond in Essendon's best 22. I know it was a tough decision for you to make, Tricky, but I think you made a good call on that. So just got a few questions for the show and really keen to know what your thoughts are on a few things. So obviously the Ashes is coming up in about a month and uh, just wondering what your thoughts on Australia's 11 is going to be. Like, is Nick Madison going to take that number five spot or are we going to see Travis Head and Matthew Wade stink it up for another year? All right, so welcome back to Up The Guts. As we said, we're going to open the lines, and our first caller here we've got is Connor. Welcome, Connor. Uh, well, first of all, with the Hurley and um, Redmond thing, uh, I kind of forgot about Redmond, which I was a bit sad about. You know, he played well. Hurley, well, he was on the inactive list, so the reason I didn't pick him is because we don't even know if he's going to play next year. Look, I did say he'd be in the side if he's playing. No doubt about it. He's one of our great leaders. Um, on the other subject about the test squad, well, Matty Wade and Travis Hedwell, I don't think they're going to make it. I reckon Dick Madison should be in the squad. He's made the runs. Um, so hopefully he is in it and we do well. Yeah, we touched on it earlier. I believe I made the call. Put, put Nick Madison in. Well, look, I was a Matty Wade fan. Um, so, bit unlucky for him, but you know he he Matty Way did do all the hard yards to get back in, but you know he's just getting older now, so he's just probably not sending the ball too well. You know, T twenties are more his style now. Yeah, thanks, Connor. And if you do want to get um, in contact and have your message played on the show, like Connor has. 
just head to our anchor link that would be in our Instagram page. Click on the link and there's a voice message um, icon there which you can click, record your message and then we'll play on the show and then answer it. But yeah, thank you again, Connor, and I'm sure we'll hear from you again soon. And now it's time for Tricky's Chats. Hi, everyone, and, and welcome back to the segment Tricky's Chats. Today, we're fortunate enough to be joined by Mac Andrew. Mac Andrew's a siding ruck forward who has taken massive strides this year, really soaring to the eyes of AFL clubs as a likely top 10 draft pick in the upcoming NAB AFL draft. He was born in Egypt, where his family fled the war in South Sudan. Mac has amazing athleticism, standing at 200 centimetres and provides the ability to act as a fourth midfielder in his ability to follow up ruck contests. By crumbing his own hitouts, his speed away from opposition on ballers and his good kicking skills and is also known to be taking a good contested mark. Really do thank Mac for his time and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, so thank you for joining us, Mac. Good. Cheers for um, me. No worries. Um, talk me through your early childhood. Obviously, you were born in Egypt. And talk me through what it was like growing up in early, your early years. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah, I was born in Egypt. don't really remember too much um, growing up there. I kind of came over when I was about one and a half. So, yeah, don't really remember too much um, early days over there. So, yeah, I kind of, yeah, just all, all I remember really was, um, yeah, just kind of growing up here. Um, I started, grew up out on the south. Um Grew up there, so went to primary school there and everything. Um, and then, yeah, moved moved out to Cranbourne East around, um, well, it would have been 20, late 2014. Um, so, yeah, been here ever since, you know. But, yeah, started my footy off down at Winterna South as well. Um, so, yeah that's, yeah, that's kind of where I started my footy and where, you know, I started off school and all that before, yeah, moving out, moving out to Cranbourne. And then, um, yes, I would gone out to Berwick. Did you always um, have an interest in footy or was it like just through mates you got there or what was it? Yeah, it was always, yeah, just through, through like my brother. Like he was, he played and I used to just go watch watch him train. And um, so yeah, when I was yeah old enough, I yeah signed up down uh, down on South as well. So um, yeah, kind of, yeah, I was kind of always, yeah, interested in it. Yeah. And um, when did you realise all you had talent or when did you, we'll say, take, start taking a bit more serious than you would have maybe a few years ago? Um, probably just really coming into this year's preseason, to be honest. Um, like I knew it was my draft year, so I knew I kind of just had to give it all, give my all and, um, just kind of not leave anything behind. So, um, yeah, try to have a really strong preseason, um, coming, yeah, coming into this year. And, um, yeah, I guess like after making the AFL Academy squad early in the year as well, that kind of gave me the confidence, um, to just kind of push throughout the whole year. And, um, so yeah, that kind of gave me the confidence I needed and kind of gave me the belief that I could get drafted at the end of the year. Was there one main thing or a couple of things that you reckon you mainly focused on to change and like this season, was there a main focus to help improve your game? Um, no, not really, to be honest, just kind of, kind of the fundamentals, just, um, I guess, trying to perfect the fundamentals and then, um, yeah, that's kind of what I just really focused on, just all the all the basic stuff. Um, yeah, that's all I, I really focus on coming into the year. So, yep. And um, obviously, you're part of the Melbourne um, Next Generation Academy, and obviously, play for Dean on Stingrays. How have both these programs helped you develop further develop your skills? You'd say. Yeah, I guess yeah, Melbourne. Um, yeah, they were, they were pretty. Uh, they were real great for me uh, growing up. You know, coming through. You know, 14, 15, 16. Um, you know, going and doing sessions there every month and then, um, you know, also doing sessions on the holidays 
um, yeah, that was all really good, you know, just focusing on the light skills and all that. And, um, you know, like course, yeah, like the fundamentals and all that. Then, um, yeah, just kind of, we had, you know, Ben Vince there for a bit, um, coaching us. So, you know, just like taking things away from him and then also like, you know, learning from the other boys, you know, a couple of the other boys, um, you guys in the Simrace program now. And then, you know, you had Deacon Smith as well, who's at the D's now as well, which, um, which has been pretty good. And then all you also through the Stingrays, um, I had my under 16s coach was also my barry coach under 15. So I kind of had, um, had a really good coach, you know, throughout my whole like under 15 season, um, who kind of just helped me with everything. And, um, yeah, and then I guess, yeah, just pushing, pushing through this year, I guess, yeah, cause last year kind of, um, yeah, just got called off. Um, yeah, pushing through this year, just seeking, seeking help whenever I can from whether it's, you know, Coxie or Maury, um, yeah, just yeah, just seeking help from all the coaches wherever I can, just getting advice from them. Yep. Did you ever get any like Melbourne players come down during those times, or coaches, or any like notable people? Um, well, we used to see them around the club quite a bit whenever we'd go into Amy Park, but um, we never really trained um, with any of them. But I, I was lucky enough to do a, a session with the senior squad this year, so yeah, I got I got to train with all the um, all the senior boys this year, which was pretty good. What did you see that was different in that session compared to what you were doing at Stingrays? Oh, it was that, it was um it was the day after they played a game, so it was a pretty chill day. They just kind of did recovery, and um yeah, just did recovery and just did like meetings and stuff. But you could still just kind of tell like how professional they were and just the way they went about everything, um which was um yeah real eye opener. Yeah, and um, how has COVID impacted your training over the past two years in? How have you adapted yourself to be able to still train and get the working over, obviously, the lockdowns and all that? Yeah, um, I guess it has been pretty hard, um, not only for me, but for everyone, you know, not knowing, you know, when the last training session will be or, um, yeah, like when you're going to have to, yeah, just, you know, when your last game is going to be. Um, so that was all pretty annoying. But, um, yeah, I guess not having access to, like, you know, the coaches and the resources to kind of, I guess, help help improve your game. So you just yeah kind of have to take a lot of things into your own hands, whether it's you know training with your teammates or um, you know watching old vision or asking coaches to go through vision with you. So um, yeah, you kind of really have to take everything into your own hands when um, COVID kind of hit. But I guess made it a lot easier to adjust after you know I guess you know we've been through a fair few lockdowns. So yeah, it was a lot easier to adjust. Um, I guess like after the you know the second and third lockdowns. You kind of knew what knew what to expect and knew knew what to do and like kind of knew how to change and adapt to it. Yeah, and um, over your like early years, your teenage years, who when you're watching football, who's been a big influence for you? Um, I I really like watching Nick Nat. Like I wasn't, I probably wasn't always a ruckman, but watching Nick Nat, um, still you know early days, just like you know seeing how how athletic he was and how he gets around the ground and how you know, mobile and um, his follow-up work and stuff like that after a contest. Um, so he was one I was watching. Um, that was always a Geelong support as well. So, you know, like Joel Selwood and Gary Ablett um, are two I kind of uh, um, idolised as well growing up. Um, so, yeah, probably probably those three the people um, I kind of idolised. Yeah, and how have you dealt with all the media attention that's come in probably the last, say, four or five months? Has it been challenging or have you kind of enjoyed it and taken it on board? Um, well, I guess at the start, it's pretty fun. Um, I guess, you know, when you see your face like in a paper and all that, 
but yeah, after a while it does get does get kind of kind of annoying, especially um, close to the draft. You don't really want to think about everything too much. You just kind of want to take your mind away from it. So you know when you when you see when you see stuff on Facebook or you know your mates your mates show you stuff or your brothers, it does get does get annoying. Um, but I guess it just is is what it is. Um, can't really hide away from it. So yeah, definitely. Um, take me through the process of when clubs talk to you when they ring you. What kind of questions do they ask you, and what's even like the process when you go and meet them? What what type of stuff do you go through? Yeah. So. Um, has, haven't really had many face-to-face ones this year. Usually, um, I think they'd come over to your house and you know meet your parents and um, or maybe like go out for coffee with you and kind of have a chat. But this year, a lot of it, um, yeah, kind of been like this over Zoom. But yeah, a lot of clubs ask ask a lot of different questions. Um, yeah, like none of them real like they're all pretty similar, but the questions are kind of different. Um, not to show how much sense that makes, but yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes they do try try throw in tricky ones to kind of throw you off and kind of see how you react. But yeah, I guess you, usually they'd um, like ring you or send you a text and yeah, kind of just organize a, a Zoom date where you can get on it or you and your parents can get on it as well. And just, yeah, kind of just, yeah, talk to your parents and um, yeah, and just, yeah, kind of just interview you as well. Clubs have um, stood out to you when during this process. Is there any few clubs that you've gone, wow, that's re- they've really stood out? Uh, yeah, I, get, I kind of touched base on this the other day, um, but yeah, Hawks, Hawks and JWS, I feel like they've been, I don't know, just yeah, kind of a lot different to um, some of the other clubs. I don't know, just kind of yeah, kind of felt like the connection I had with those two teams was, I don't know, a lot different. Maybe because um, I've met with them uh, a couple more times in some of the other clubs, and um, you know, I had them face to face as well, which was pretty good. Which might might have um, probably. I guess maybe is another reason why I probably felt like theirs was a lot better or not a lot better, but kind of like, yeah, the connection was um, a lot different. Yeah, definitely. And um, I guess one of the main questions is, what time do you take the bins out? <laughs> nah, uh, I, I don't do that. I know it's Thursday now, but I, I, still, I still haven't done it yet. Not my, not my job, so. <laughs> so you're willing to um, obviously go interstate if that's what's, um, put forward yeah I reckon I'd love it to be honest um kind of you know starting a new chapter in life meeting a whole lot of new people and just um yeah I reckon it uh, all be pretty good and going forward um do you see yourself playing as more of a ruckman or um, just um yeah hopefully hopefully long term once I put on a bit more size uh roll through the ruck um but yeah I wouldn't mind playing key position um whether it's your yeah, key forward or key back um, yeah, but yeah, hopefully like long-term, uh, I'd see myself play through the rock. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for your time. And I'm very keen to see you play, um, in whatever jumper you get picked up and I'll definitely be watching and tuning in. No, good. Thanks. 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 Cheers for having me. No worries. All right. Now you know what time it is. We got the best 22 and JP has been throwing the challenge of giving the best 22 for Fremantle. Throw the cue. All right, take it away, JP. All right, mate. So we got Freo on this best 22. Um, you know, nothing too much to change. Basically, Adam Chera. Very good young list. Yeah, very good young list. You know, Adam Chera obviously went to Carlton. You know, they got Jordan Clark. So what I've done is we've chucked Caleb Sarong into full-time midfield. Yep. 
Um, Switch with David Mundy off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you still have him playing as a tagger or not? Ah, uh, well, there's. I reckon he's an in ball, like he's a hard ball getter. Like, I reckon he can go in, actually try and play that role of, you know, one of the number one midfields, you know, besides Fife. Mm. Um, but if they need the tagger, they've got him there straight away. Yeah. Um, then, obviously, Jordan Clark comes onto the half back line. Yeah. What are you laughing at? Oh, nothing, mate, nothing. What are you laughing nothing. at? What are you laughing <laughs> I was at? thinking something. Go on, go what, are you, what are you thinking about? Come on. Um, oh, it'll be after me anyway. Just think about the dad kisses. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> but, no, nothing too much to change with um, Frio. So, they've got a very good side. You know, they've got Griffin Logue on the back line, Alex Pierce. Handy. You know, he's come back from injury. Yep. You know, which is very good. Luke Ryan, obviously I said John Clark. Brennan Cox, you know, very good runner, again. Yeah, I, I like the move that they've made in the, in the past year or two, that they put him, because he was a forward, and they put him back into defence, and I'm really liking what he's doing there. Um, Hayden Young, you know. Very nice ball, ball user. Michael Frederick, as I said, Caleb Sarong, back into the full-time midfield now. James Aish on the other wing, um, you know, he came from Collingwood. Yeah, he was at Brisbane before us. Yeah, he's a very good handy player, um, as I've seen. You get the ball, runs all day, hard at it. Pretty much, man. Um, I don't know how to say that last name, but his name's Sam... Swiskowski. Swiskowski, that one. Swiskowski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, big Matty Tavernar sitting at half forward. You know, very big hands, you know, very good. Um, Michael Walters... Dangerous player, you know. We've seen it in the past how, how dangerous he can be. Do you have him switching through the midfield, or do you want him permanently um, or a high half forward? He could possibly switch through the midfield as well. You know, he's he's got that speed. You know, um, or he could just do. You, know, you have you have your set forward midfield type rotation things. You know, when you when it's in the forward, you know, he goes straight into the midfield. Um, into the guts with it. Um, then you got... Up the guts. Yeah. <laughs> Lockie oh, Schultz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we got uh, Lockie Schultz sitting in the pocket. I like him. Dangerous again, you know. Look, Rory Lobb sitting at full four, you know. He's up and down. Big, they made a big thing during him, during the um, trade period. He's a... He's an up and down player. He needs to have a breakout season soon. The, the thing is though, look at his height and... If all rumours are true, he's refused to play ruck. Well, look, he, he might be tall and good for ruck, but... But he doesn't even want to play as a second ruck. He wants to play as a pure key forward. Well, if he wants to play as a pure key forward, he has to do something then. Yeah. He has to really show it. He's got the athleticism definitely to do it. He's shown it. And then we've got the... Uh... Any change? No, we've got oh, the, the big Josh Tracy. Oh, and Joshy, did he show some um, promise? Mate, big hands, big marking skills, you know, very good for him. You know, he's young. Yep. Did come off that suspension in the VFL or whatever it was. You know, yep. I'm pretty sure it was a pre-season game, actually. Yeah. Um, but showed promise when he fucking played. Then we got followers of Sean Darcy. You know, breakout season for him. I'm, I'm calling it now. Next three years... He'll oh, be, best Ruckman. He'll be the number one Ruckman. Yeah, way better Easy. than Luke Jackson. Yeah. Better than Gorn. I, I just don't get it. Like, he's a big boy. 
But jeez, can he run? Mate, run, disposals, kick goals. What can't he do? He's literally like Gorn right now. Yeah. That's what Gorn is doing right now. Just mm-hmm. hopefully injuries don't get to him. Yeah. Touch wood. Touch wood. Um, yeah, and then we got the uh, Andy Brayshaw. Yep. Another gun. Mm. Yeah, he actually skipped the side a couple of games this year. Mm. Um, you know, he's going to be their next captain, obviously, you know, easily. Um, very good handy player. He, he, he's another one that had a real breakout season, you know, playing through the midfield. He was on the wing yep. at one stage, but chucked him through the guts and, you know, easily had a, a way better... I'm pretty sure he won better than that. I think, to be honest, I think he's just staying away from the wing, so looking out for Andrew Gaff, Cassie, what do you mean? <laughs> then we obviously got the campaigners, Nat Fife. Yep. You know, does need to work on his set shots. Have you seen? He shaved all his hair off. No. I saw it was at someone's wedding or something, and I, I was like, well, who is that? And I looked at it, and had Nat Fife tagged. Can't remember who it was, but I'm pretty sure he shaved, he's pretty much nearly bald now. No. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but it was at someone's wedding. And I saw it on someone's Instagram page. Hold on, let me, oh, new haircut. I can't remember who it was though. Hold on one second. Holy he, shit! He has shaved his whole hair off. I told you. He's bald. Do you know want to believe me? Yep. What's going on here? <laughs> it's like the um, five when he was first drafted, wasn't he? Pretty much, he had short hair then. Yeah. Oh well, that's what happens, mate. When you you lose all focus in the hair, you know, it's about time he cut the friggin' man bun off. I was getting sick of it. <laughs> With the ladies though. Probably. <laughs> Uh, everyone's going bald these days. Yeah. You should give it a show. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Fuck the mullet. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, then we got the old experience. David Mundy, as I said before, coming off the interchange. Switching with Caleb Sarong. Um, you know, 35, 36 now. Going 36, in, pretty sure, yep. Going into how many set? However Actually, many. no, I think he's 63. Just changing yeah. around. <laughs> Going to as many seasons as I can count, I can't really remember. He, he's too old. But <laughs> he probably can't keep up himself. Mate, can he rack up disposals? Mate, he was one of the Brownlow favourites at the start of the year. Right, going in, thirty six, still racking up twenty five posies a game. Now, and he uses it well. And he's he's shown throughout his year he's a clutch finisher and set shot. Do you know anyone that old oh, that can still use the ball that well? Boomer Harvey was one. Dustin Fletcher was one. That's all I've got. Yeah. He's one of a kind, isn't he? But oh! Scott Penabry's 33. He ain't no 36-year-old, though, mate. No, fair enough. And, mind you, mind you, Collingwood were only going to give him a one-year. This bloke has been on one-year contracts and been showing them up. He should have had a two-year contract, at least. Yeah, you're probably right. But, the age does show it. Yeah. All right, Heath Chapman, yep. Will Brody, and Liam Henry rounds out the side. What are your thoughts? I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Obviously, Liam Henry will come off in a half-forward flank, and Will Brody will be another midfield rotation as a big-body midfielder. And um, just where do you think where, Do you think they have a possibility to finish in the top eight, or do you think they're still maybe a year off? Well, they were pretty close to it. They were pretty close to it last year, but you got to... Like, okay, Fife was injured for some of the games this year. I'll give him that. You yep. know, they actually showed poise without him. Mm-hmm. 
Mundy's 36. Yeah. But he was still in their best 22. Mm-hmm. That's one field, midfielder you've got to make up for again. Yeah. You know, Fife's getting old now. You know, obviously, when he leaves, you know, you've got to make up for him again. Yeah. You're all right, mate? You're yeah, I was about to sneeze. I was <laughs> Um, yeah, but there, there's two experienced midfielders that you've got to get rid of and you know bring up new players. So I reckon give them a couple more years. But they could be like Essendon, make the top eight, still lose the final, but they're still up there. Note this one down. If he stays injury free, watch out for Hayden Young. Put it out there. Why is that? If you're not saying, if you're not very talented, um, tack cup player. Yeah. Very good user of the ball. Was the captain of the um, big state sides? Pretty much captain every team he's been in, and the he played in the Tap Cup Grand Final. He set up the last goal that won him the game, and the way he hit it was like a forty-five minute kick across the ground diagonal and hit the guy on the chest. It was just unreal. Playing off that half back line, very damaging. All right, there'll be a couple of damaging players coming out of those. Uh, this draft what do you reckon of the draft how do how you reckon it's shaping up this season yeah well it's a big debate okay I'm gonna gonna throw this one at you then give it a quick one go on Horn Francis Dacos Dacos see I'm, I'll probably be biased in saying Dacos but that's probably biased from my income a Colin supporter but so do you think if I haven't heard too much of Horn Francis I know well, he, I know he's a gun do you, you see him take down Foggy the only player to Darcy Fogarty he absolutely nailed him in attack and got him holding the ball really look I haven't heard I haven't heard too much about like, I reckon he, obviously he's probably a gun like, he'll, he'll uh, go one to North Melbourne right yeah but I'm, I've heard heaps of Dacos like I know it's Dacos and it's name and all this but he literally showed yeah what he could do the only knockback they've had not knockback the difference between them Dacos was playing at Oakley in the Tap Cup yeah Horn Francis was playing against men in Sanford and still racking up. That's the thing. So he went and chose to play against men and, you know. So he's already had the experience against those big bodies. Not saying Dacos, you know, he's all right, still, all right, he's still a real shined. Dacos, does he slide in? I'm pretty sure, I can't remember. Did he slide I, had him, I had him in my team on the half forward flank, playing as a high half forward. So you reckon he slides in straight away? Yeah, I played him on my half forward flank, playing as a high half forward and... Before the incident happened, I had him. I had Jordan to go in the centre, and then I was having um, Dacos play as a higher forward to switch with Jordan to go because I didn't want Jordan to go going too far in my defence. But now the incident's happening, I don't see Jordan to go playing at least the first five games. Man, I don't reckon Jordan to going to play at all. Yeah, which is disappointing. I thought this was his season, but yeah, I had him as well. Right, we did say like he was going to do what Pachaka did, but you know. Goes to America and gets pissed and... Mm. Yeah. We're not talking about it. Anyway, guys. Thank you for listening. Always, as always, we thank all our guests that come on. So we like to we thank do. Andrew. We like to thank Connor for calling in. As always, I'm Tricky. I'm JP, mate. And make sure to stream on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. See you guys next week. See you guys. <laughs>